Hello and welcome to Dragon Talk. We have a very special group ep- uh, interview today uh, for you. Uh, I am Greg Tito. Uh, this is the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and I am joined by my co-host. What's your name? My name is Shelley Mazanoble. And what do you do here? Mm. <laughs> Everybody knows I don't really do. Your boss is here. Don't say that. <laughs> I work super hard. By the way, make I've been watching there. you guys. You do not talk much D and D on this podcast. <laughs> we, it's nothing. It's all D and D. Everything non-stop. because everything is D and D. It's all role playing. It's all D and D. Exactly. As long as he wears the ampersand, it's that's right. D and D conversation. I got the twinned ampersand here with uh, with our uh, uh, interview guest what? Nathan Stewart. Seriously, like, I did such a good job when you were gone that the fans wanted me back. What? I saw the poll when I was gone. Well, yeah, where were you? Why didn't you do that? He was here? He was here. You filled in? Yeah, for a Girls Guts Glory interview. I filled in for Dragon Talk. Nathan filled in for Girls Guts Glory. When Tito was gone, he was off uh, gallivanting in Bainbridge. Oh, did you do like Uh, Yeah, in Orcas Island. D&D News? The Puget Sound. No, I just did the lead-in on the Girls Guts Glory. I think I talked to uh, Erica and... um, Alice. Did a very good job. He wants our jobs. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're also joined by Bart Carroll. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Uh, and these guys are here because we're going to talk about Force Grey uh, Season 2 because they were both there at the filming of Force Grey Season 2, which happened actually before we did Stream of Annihilation, which is crazy. Uh, but that was all in the can, and we've been ready to... Time it. travel. Exactly. Lots of time travel happening. <laughs> it's all getting ready to go uh, on Monday, uh, July 31st. We're going to premiere the first two episodes of Force Grey Season 2. Was that the, the event at the Egyptian Theater? That, that was, was one of the events. Uh, okay, the one that you could see one. in theaters. Yes. That Force Grey Season 1 ended on The Lost episode. Okay. It was at the Egyptian Theater in uh, the beginning of December 2016. It wasn't I, really lost. It wasn't right. lost. Was <laughs> we knew lost. it was the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the la- <laughs> We misspelled the last episode of season one. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody. That one got through spell check, so then we ran with this. Yeah. Exactly. The last episode. Oh, lost? Yeah. 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 We'll, go, we'll go with that. Sure. Why not? It happens. Um, but uh, before we get to the deep dive on all that stuff that was happening with season two, we have some fun announcements that are going on in the Dungeons and Dragons uh, world, and then we're going to get to a Laurie Jeannot segment. What do you think about that? By the way, when I played uh, Greg Tito, when yeah. I w- filled in for him, yeah. I did not read any of those. Like, he gave me the list. He's like, read this. on it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think you bumped up your, your reviews That's to people. Why. but I don't, I don't know when that And then are. just announced season two. Like, oh, we were not right. <laughs> That's <laughs> July 31st. You oh, yeah, can't. that's happening. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't. He's I know like you, a... you think you got a good review, but my review was like, yeah, you know, he did all right. Yeah. Were you watching down, Drunk man. from the Beach? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, oh, gosh, how could he do this? Um, but we have so much fun stuff going on, like uh, HasCon is coming up September 8th through the 10th in sunny Providence, Rhode Island. It is actually really good in, in September. It's probably the best time in New England. Huh. Right? I mean, upstate New York's kind of the same. Huh. Right, same general climate. It's good in in the in the fall Indian summer kind of area. Uh, They're really trying to sell the climate. They're going to be indoors playing games the whole time. Nobody's outside. Is this? It's going to be air conditioned. There's a whole outdoor area where you can play. No, there isn't. There's no outdoor area where you can play Dungeons and Dragons. But if you have uh, uh, kids or part of your family that uh, likes uh, all the Hasbro brands that are out there, like uh, uh, For Real Friends or My Little Pony or Transformers, I heard they're doing My Little Pony rides. What all of them? Or just yes. some of them. <laughs> Whichever ones can fly. I want to, oh, yeah, of course, it has to be the flying one. It's going to be like the Dumbo ride, except it'll be except my for not pony. on rails. Exactly. No, it's totally like freeform. You ever seen Sophia the First where they <laughs> have the. Yeah, the Griffins. 
yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's another reason to go to Hascon if you can do take basically Griffin rides. Yeah, yeah we can. Yeah, except for on ponies because we're going to brand it what, as. Oh, right. We're, we're not right. a Sophia Seriously? the First House. I don't know of what <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, sorry. I derail. <laughs> we don't know. What the See, this is why your announcements suck, man. Because you got to get to the meat of it. Uh, so that's. But, you know, I, but no, what's the big draw at Hascon? Well, there are several big draws, including the Sophia the First ride that we're just talking about, uh, <laughs> as well as playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, with your family and there, getting some dice. Yeah, My Little Pony themed. Yes, those that's are right. So cool. Exclusive item. Uh, it is pretty gonna be pretty cool. They're pink. Just throwing that out there. They're there might beautiful. be some pink involved. It's pretty awesome. They're Trevor Kidd. sparkly Kid. pink. They're yeah. awesome. They're, and the tin that they come in, it's so cute. It I is very it. cute. And yeah, if we, you guys haven't already figured it out, oh. bribe uh, Trevor and get you like a few extras. You can use those as currency in the building. Like everyone oh, in know. the building yeah. who's seen them is oh, like, yeah, that's great, oh my God, can I get these? So like you could totally use those for favors. And Do you Shelley, think I could use them to get my conference room back? <laughs> <laughs> Pour one out for House on the Hill, the conference room. It was Moment one of our silence. faves. It was one of our faves. It was our go-to conference room. It was always room. booked. Yeah. Along. All the conference rooms are always booked. That one was <laughs> booked first. They, they know that we're losing our uh, 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 kitchen already because I was complaining about the fact there was no But do they know that they're, we're losing my conference room? It's yours. You made it. The conference room I had named House on the Hill. It is the thing I am most proud of in my entire wizard's life. And they're taking it away from you. Yeah. It's getting <laughs> bulldozed for some seating. Well, good thing because you're going to get a uh, My Little Pony uh, D&D dice tin, which you can barter for another conference room. That's what I'm hoping. Maybe. I think Throw it out there. I think, I think it might it's going to take like two or three dice tins to get a conference room. At least. I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know what the exchange rate is. I'm getting it back. But hopefully you guys, if you go to Hascon, you can get uh, at least three or four sets of them, and you can use them as barter in your own office uh, for your own conference room. Yeah. <laughs> and be just like Shelly. No, I agree. They've been high currency here. People already want those. Those and the D&D notebooks we made last year for Volo's Guide. Yeah, those are cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of which. We're new, making some good ones. notebooks coming out. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't tease. I'm teasing. Well, it's well, good. how do people get them if you're not... You gotta be in. You gotta right. be in with the crew, right? So just like this, there's no more D and D water bottles out there. The D and D mugs, really? Yeah. Well, oh. though last year I think we sent Jeremy Crawford to uh, Gen Con with like a box full of swag that he just started giving out. Huh. Mike yeah. Merrill's going to Gen Con this year. Maybe he'll have some new notebooks, some sticker sheets. Maybe because actually it'll he be might. after where we're going to be using those uh, notebooks. So uh, yeah. I might have some of those notebooks at. Hascon in Providence. Are you going to Hascon? I am indeed. Yeah, I'll be there. Trevor Kidd will be there. Mike Merles and Chris Lindsay uh, will all be in the house. And there will be tons of Dungeons & Dragons games going on uh, throughout the whole thing, including some fun uh, programming that is going to be games set up to play with your family, to play with your young kids. So uh, 10 and younger will have like a a, a D&D adventure that's kind of themed for them to play together, as well as 10 and older. Uh, So leaving 10 is your discretion point if you want to play with young or old. Um, and uh, you can actually go buy tickets for that right now. It's at hascon.hasbro.com. Click on the tickets tab, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you'll see all the D&D events that you can currently purchase tickets for. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Lauren in the, tw- in the Twitch uh, said that uh, apparently Shelly's getting a whole new building for a tin of dice, a house on uh, the hill. Oh. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. 
Thanks, uh, uh, Lauren Oboe Crazy, for hanging out with us on the chat. That's why I love Lauren. Yeah. Always if you guys are wa- uh, listening to this, you can watch us record this crazy stuff live on twitch.tv slash DND, where we have a lot of other streaming stuff going on. Did you sure, know that, Bart? Currently, 12 people are watching us. <laughs> right now? 12. Yeah. Oh. There might be a few shows that we're doing, uh, and, and more to come. Yeah. Do I have a new idea for a show? Who do I pitch that to? You're t- in the right room right now. <laughs> it's it's funny. Shows. I was no, thinking no. about it. First of all, before we can even entertain the idea, we need to know what time slot. We've got the calendar up, right, with our stuff. Like, it's got to be an empty time slot. If you're trying to take over an existing time slot... No, no, no. It'll be a new show. But it was funny because I was thinking about it, and then you made a reference in our team meeting today about... Or somebody did about riding in cars with comedians. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. we could do something like that, but with game designers... (coughs) Fascinating. Drinking Bunch. coffee with game designers? Or anything. I totally would Drinking like to do karaoke with... in the car with Chris Perkins. Yeah. Doesn't it have to be karaoke? Oh, car karaoke. I just want to like just take We're them combining... away somewhere and let... They're so weird. Hey, I have a piece of trivia <laughs> for you guys. What's that? What does Chris Perkins keep on his dashboard in his car besides a bag of dice? His an, dog. An X-Files something. Skull of something. Star Trek replica phaser. Ooh. On his dashboard? <laughs> like, like original series? Uh, I don't know. I park next to him every day, and I look, and I'm like, the bag of dice? Totally get. I'm like, the Star Trek though? phaser. You get the bag of dice, too? I keep a bag of dice in my car at all times. Can you name his uh, personalized license plate off the top of your head? Wait, X-Files. should we give that out? Oh. <laughs> give that out. <laughs> I've already taken pictures of his car because he's got the uh, Powered by Boo uh, on there, so I'm hard, people already know the make, model, you, the license plate. Do you want to give out his social security number? It's 040. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nice. Ryan's over there going, please, everyone, don't talk at the same time. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> uh, Dungeons and D&D Beyond is coming out, too. You guys know that? August 15th. What? Wait, for reals? The launch of D&D Beyond. That's right. We're doing it. We're Wait, making it happen. They're going through all this crazy testing, and they've picked their date, and it's August 15th. They picked their date. It's August 15th. That yeah. is soon. Beta Phase 2 and 3 are out there now. You guys should, if you want to uh, uh, look at D&D Beyond as a uh, character builder as well as a compendium. Is of, the character of, builder part? Up there? Yeah. yeah, yeah right now. Is. You can do it right now. I was right, using well, it at lunch. Big, lunch. All right, big question. Really? Does anyone know the answer? The characters that I've built in the beta, will they still be stored in my account when it goes Ooh, live? Yes. Really? You know for sure? No, but oh. I'm just saying yes. Okay. Because I, I, they're Adam they're and his team down at Curse. Uh, Adam Bradford, like he. I mean, they definitely get the fans. They like they got their pulse on what the fans want. So like they know like we spent like ten hours making characters and we don't want to lose them. Yeah, what? I think I think it's got to be. Except everyone else's, but yours will be. <laughs> <laughs> I think Nathan was act- asking specifically about his character. Yeah. Your characters are all Could gone. Everyone, everyone, all the fans. I my characters too. If they happen to be saved in the, that would be. Would nice. you sacrifice your characters for someone else's characters? It depends on what alignment they were. I'm going to have to start a Twitter poll to see if we should delete your characters ahead of time. <laughs> I'm going to start a Twitter poll to see if... <laughs> you oh, no. Job. Now we're threatening Twitter polls back and forth. <laughs> uh, all right, start so... A Twitter poll to see whether Shelly's an animal. Go check out... Oh, yeah. ...information about D&D Beyond. It's at dndbeyond.com. They're also on Twitter at it's D&D Tito, Beyond. Tito. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I'm so have, sorry, Ryan. You're doing good. <laughs> I was more interested in what I just heard to the left of me. Uh, What did you say? I laughed all weekend thinking about you calling me an animal. (laughs) Do you know where that's from, though? Have you heard Mike's thing? So Mike Merrill has very strong feelings on lunch. 
Yes, he does. <laughs> about having lunch, about what time lunch can be served. You guys had a big Twitter it. fight about it. And so he says the only thing that separates us from animals in civilization is uh, proper lunch. lunch. And he goes, first of all, I can't even believe he's in a meeting with you whether it's lunch after three. Because he's like, if you don't have it's lunch not. served by noon, he's like, what kind of civilization is That's the thing. Everything's breaking down. It was down. a three o'clock meeting. I was not getting lunch. <laughs> And Mike's like, how did you not order me lunch? lunch. And I'm like, why would I have lunch at a 3 o'clock meeting? It's like, and it's three people. Like, why would we have lunch in this meeting? And he was like, I'm not coming to your meeting. I want to see you have lunch. (laughs) So So I said, like, really low on the totem pole that I have to actually bring Mike food offerings in order for him to meet with me. He has a writer. No brown M&M's. Lunch. (laughs) Lunch must be served before noon. Panera bread. Um, So anyway, it's your budget if you want to give him lunch. I want to keep Mike happy, yeah. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, also Jeremy, also Chris. Just So we're all on the same page. <laughs> okay. So we'll get through this lunch. intro. Right? So oh. When are we getting the uh, uh, lunch for our dragon talk? Like we're start munching? Lo- I think people would love to see us eat. What about you, Ryan? Would you like to see us eat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to hear us eat, rather? Yeah. The microphones would love it, too. Yeah, they would. <laughs> Those that's what these things are for. Would that's be what they're for. So Wait, can you edit this out in post? <laughs> It's already that, that was terrible. I'm, I apologize to all of you people out there who have to listen. It's Aww, uh, that, that was crying. your orc impression. I, like I just saw a tear come down Sean's cheek. <laughs> I hate my job. It's so beautiful. I hate it. <laughs> uh, do I want to give any more announcements, or are you guys going to cut me off again? I'm sorry. Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. You know about this? Yeah. Yeah, you do. All right. It is a uh, amazing game that's coming from Codename Entertainment. They announced. Uh, I new- love those guys. Yeah, I know, right? Eric uh, Gordon is uh, a fantastic fan. He came to nice the stream of Canadian. annihilation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very looks very uh, svelte in a kilt. Uh, and he and sent us that adorable picture of him at camp. Yes. Did you read that? Yeah. That was I know. Amazing. He's a theater person, so I, I that's felt why. a that's tear. Why we have a yeah. connection. Go check it out. He's. Uh, uh, I don't know if you can. You're, if he's theater Facebook. People. I don't know if his Facebook page is public or not. I think it is, but he has a picture of him when he was in a uh, camp. It was like such a great looking like cast photo of um, uh, really well done. I know. I forget what the show was. It was the, oh, it was the Ice Witch or the Ice Queen, um, and the masks were amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there he was, and he said he, that's where he learned how to play Dungeons and Dragons was mm-hmm. in that cast. And uh, he was celebrating that this was his like thirtieth or twentieth anniversary of, of playing Dungeons and Dragons from from then. And you picked him out. Aww. You were like, oh, there he is. Yep. Yeah. Wearing a kilt. And now he's excited he gets to make a game about Dungeons and Dragons. I know. Yeah. How cool is that? Uh, they're incorporating tons of Forgotten Realms lore. Their uh, new heroes are being announced uh, every week. We got some heroes coming uh, July 24th, that's, which might wait, have to do is, with uh, uh, Force that's Gray. today. It is it? Is July 24th? That's July 24th. Today. That's today. Yeah. Well, they might be announcing some things today, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the fun characters from Force Gray. Uh, season two no. are in Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. Seriously? Yeah, you heard it here first. Oh. I don't know if you've seen the art style, but no. they're they're pretty cute. Like the the characters, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I didn't know much about even this game genre, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, you got me interested. Like I, I want that one. So I'm actually thinking, like, okay, how do I make that my you know my uh, Twitter f- handle all the stuff, and I've already seen the preview from today's, and somebody's geeking out about it. Like he sends me texts, like, "Hey, look at the new." <laughs> can I say no? I Some, can't you say can say it. it. <laughs> you can say it. Somebody's uh, was somebody. Who's the somebody <laughs> that's texting you, Nathan? He sent me Archon Nathan like the other day and said, "Look at this! Oh my God, it's so badass!" And it's basically the um, the guys doing the um, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms uh, or a favorite. What is it called? 
Of the Forgotten, Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms. Uh, and so they took his Dragonborn and converted him in the, you know, kind of the 8-bit style uh, character like that and have him, like, in this, like, crazy, like, strike pose kind of stuff. And, yeah, like, as soon as I sent it to him, he geeks out and starts sending Because he can't share it with anyone else yet because he's waiting for the day. So, like, I'm the only one he knows he can send it to without, like, spoiling it. So he's like, look at it, check it out. I'm like, Does he know yeah, who he's cool. talking to? I, know, like, I might have seen this ahead of time. He doesn't know that I spoil stuff. Nathan B. Spoiler. Nathan B. Spoiler. Aren't you spoiling it, like, literally right now? No, I asked Tito if I could. Tito said <laughs> I could. Guy, I said he could. The guy, that poor guy that is like, he's talking about me. Oh, you think that you think the guy is over? You think Eric's gonna be pissed that I told him that Archon was coming out today? No, I don't think so. I think I think you did, talking about it is is what Eric from Codename Entertainment wants. Really? Yeah. Can I show everyone the picture. No, it yeah. won't show up on the thing. It won't show up on the thing. <laughs> right but what the you should do is go to Idle Champions on Twitter. Uh, they're at Idle Champions or IdleChampions.com. You can see exactly what we're talking about. I think right about now. Uh, so go ahead and do it. And uh, so you didn't know, do a little bit about the genre itself. Idle Champions is a uh, game where they, you send out your party of adventurers, your D&D adventurers. They go and kill monsters. They collect XP. They collect gold. And uh, it's all happening in real time. It's all happening as you're doing it. So you can tweak your party to be a little bit more successful, but you can also leave it running in the background. So it's fun for uh, uh, for that kind of like, you know, check in. Oh, what's happening with my adventures? Let me collect millions and billions and quadrillions. The numbers, numbers start That's to get huge huge, huge, uh, which is well, kind of you fascinating. You guys did something before we got here, Tiny right? Adventures. Tiny, Tiny Adventures. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And I've heard such great things about that. Like, I really want to dig that out of the archive. I wish we could. Yeah. Did, have I you ever heard of it? I still have a, no, I've a never hero running around Facebook somewhere. You've it, never, we didn't talk about this? No. It, it was a Facebook activity game. It was, uh, oh, no yeah. oh, so good. It was kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in that it's same well, same realm of like the Facebook times of like, oh, you have to check in and like it, real time is a, is a, is a factor. Um, and it's just like this game, yeah. So it's nice to have running in the background when you're doing work or uh, having m- meetings or trying to not have lunch at your meetings. You can be checking in with uh, Idle Champions and uh, collect all the gold and the loot. My goodness. Yeah, and you get to interact with D&D lore, which I think is super cool. Like you can be all these Cernet? force gray. You can interact with Matt because uh, he, he checked a lot a, of the lore. Do we have a Matt character? We will lore. now. He should. He just be like a little sage that has a little book that opens. <laughs> I think he should be a tall sage and huge. <laughs> but like old school Matt with like this beard, not yes. this. Beard. Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I forgot to make. He's he's got a, like a, a crew cut his, right now. His summer cut. Mm-hmm. He can grow that beard in a day. Oh yeah. He is a pretty quick uh, beard grower. Yeah. Oh, it's pressed to digitation. Yeah, he's basically Merlin <laughs> from. It. And I'm a from wizard, Sword and I can't say it. I never cast it in games because I can't. That say owl it. has been in a few other cartoons, right? It wasn't just. He wasn't just Archimedes. Yeah. yeah, he's been like a through line. Yeah. I think because the voice actor was like one of their veterans that they used throughout. So it was easy. Like they always and they get didn't the voice. Realize, like, hey, we could draw him as something else. <laughs> no, keep him the same no. character. He's uh, but uh, all right. So I think that's all the announcements, guys. I think that's it. Nathan, <laughs> tell us everything you know about Stranger Things season two. Go. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll go through our lore you should know <laughs> segment uh, right about now, and we'll get to asking Nathan about Force Gray. Come on, season two. Does anybody know? Yeah, just start spoiling things. Our property. Do you know any anything? property? Do you know anything? I know it's somebody, focused now on uh, uh, somebody uh, has to Zuggit Moy, not Demogorgon. <gasps> I love Zuggy. You're just saying that. I am just saying that. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for season two? Mm-hmm. They all died then. <laughs> they all died at the beginning. All right, I'm trying to throw into a segment. We're throwing to a, a, a Lori Shino segment, and then we'll get right back into this uh, crazy banter. <laughs> when we throw to the segments, what does that mean? It just means we sit here.
Welcome to Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by the illustrious Matt Cernet. Hello. And uh, this is the segment of uh, Dragon Talk where we delve into little tiddly bits of D&D lore to give you some background of uh, what's going on in the Forgotten Realms as well as some things you can use in your home game. And today, uh, we're going to talk about an old character from the Forgotten Realms, yeah. Volothamp Gadarn. Gadarn, yeah. Gadarn. Yep. Volo, uh, I mean, as far as I can tell, he, he sort of appears in printed products uh, with the first book of Volosta, which I have over here. Oh, somewhere. look at these. We actually have real props. Yeah, I got props. Uh, this one here, Volo's Guide to Waterdeep. Aha. <coughs> I don't know if we, we don't, yeah. it's kind of hard to see. And but. it kind of just sort of erupts full full form from uh, Ed Greenwood's uh, imagination there, but he has earlier origins, uh, actually. So really? The, yeah. So the name Volo uh, was something that Jeff Grubb used in his games at TSR and, you know, around the Wisconsin area. Yeah. And it was because there was a, a swamp, the Volo Bog, mm. that they he drive past. So that's like in, uh, there's a town called Volo in northern Illinois, which is very close to the um, where the Lake Geneva was, where TSR was. And so he'd apparently drive past that. And so then he would use... Um, whenever somebody would ask a, a, for a name for something, uh, and he didn't have a name off the top of his head, that he would just say it's called Volo's Town, or it's you know Volo's Dog, or Volo's Inn, or whatever. And eventually, they they met this uh, this sort of explorer slash um, map maker whatever guy and he was Volo and he just kept on naming everything after himself whenever oh, he nice. discovered something Volo's Mountain he just named it after himself oh that's so. such a cool little in-joke of, of uh, how a campaign you know weaseled its way into D&D lore yeah. and so uh, the the wonky thing too is that uh, so that we have this name Volo but then there's also a place in uh, a Kalimshan called Volothamp mm-hmm. which is um, way to the south and so Volo is short for Volothamp and uh, what the relationship there is between you know those two names, I think it's just the similarity, and they got paired together um, because he doesn't seem to show or exhibit any sort of like Callum Shan Kalashipness, mm. uh, and uh, so he's just sort of this great explorer who goes and writes a lot of reviews about places and um, uh, tends to sort of carouse his way along through life, and then. Uh, wrote several books. So in the in the fiction of the world of, of Forgotten Realms, uh, Volothamp Gedarm is an actual author. Uh, he's published by um, Tim Waterdeep Limited or something like that. Uh, is it actually like a publishing like an company? An actual publishing house, fictional public publishing house. Oh, cool. And uh, in fact, um, I had to actually find the, the printed copy of this book because we don't have a PDF version of it. And there's a whole short story there where he goes and talks to his publisher. And uh, this, actually, there, there's another one in this, um, Realms of the Underdark, where he talks to his publisher again. And it's just kind of a cute little thing where he does that. And so he Is has, it like a Hunter S. Thompson type thing where he's like involving the story, his story in the story that he's reporting? So so what Volo tends to do is he goes to wherever he, um, he's, he's writing about and he, he writes a travel guide. And it's really about... The best restaurants, the best inns, uh, and and sort of the entertainments, and then also just sort of general stuff about the town. Yeah. And then every now and then he'll sort of release little uh, secrets or details, like or or maybe like in this alleyway is haunted by this ghost, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And so you know these books here are just filled with all that kind of stuff. Um, and starting in 1992 and going on until I think the last one was 
uh, Voller's Guide to Baldur's Gate 2, which is really about um, not the game at Baldur's Gate 2, but about uh, where it's set, Ethkatla and Am, uh, that area. We talked about that in previous uh, lore, you should know. We did. Uh, and uh, so, and then there's also, um, you know, in the fiction of the the setting, he wrote uh, Volo's Guide to All Things Magical, which is this longer, uh, larger format book, more like a standard D and D book. Yeah. And that one um, was uh, banned by Kelvin Blacksbath in Waterdeep, and so like all copies were like magically destroyed and banished and stuff like that. So why was that? Why was it banned? Uh, well, they, he, all the secrets of magic that he was re- releasing. Uh, oh, I see. So it's like yeah, I you know, and like all the sort of s- secret stories of artifacts and weird magical materials and you know all that kind of stuff that was going on. So uh, so he has like a, a, a antagonistic relationship with Blackstaff because it's Volo has an antagonistic relationship with a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> now he overstays his welcome. Uh, he 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 writes bad reviews of places, and people get pissed off at him, and you know that kind of a thing. Yeah, and there's he also has a tenuous grasp of the truth of what actually is real. Is that also true? Uh, I would say that, that he's he's liberal in his own in praise of things that he likes in himself, mm. and um, <laughs> and then uh, a, a sort of less. Um, well, he he likes a good story, basically. So so oftentimes, what you'll see in a lot of these books here is that um, Volo will say something, and then in the footnotes there will be Elminster's corrections about what Volo said. Right. So Volo will have some grand claim or say something about, uh, you know, the leaders of Zental Keep or something like that, and Elminster will say, "That's true, but or you know, Volo's getting ahead of himself or whatever." Mm-hmm. So and which we continued with Volo's Guide to Monsters. There was that back and forth right. between the mm-hmm. two. And uh, so Volo, as you can see from how old some of these books are, this is from, I mean, the the pages are yellowing here. Um, (laughs) So the the first sort of appearance is 1992, and then, uh, so that's obviously pre... Spell Plague, and therefore the Hundred Year Gap happens, and so uh, Volo uh, reappears, obviously, for Volo's Guide to Monsters. And yeah. so what, where, how did this guy survive this hundred years or whatever? Yeah. Well, there is there is a canon explanation for that, partially in uh, the book Death Masks that uh, Ed Greenwood wrote, the novel. And in that, um, Elements is having a conversation with Laryl about uh, Volo, and she's kind of annoyed that there's some new guy called Volo writing all these th- things that are about her in the paper and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Elmas was like, no, it's the same guy. <laughs> and uh, the the sort of story behind that is that, um, so Mistra, the goddess of magic uh, in the Fret Realms, has um, the weave, and it's basically how magic surrounds and uh, it sort of infuses all of the world and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, various points in the history of the Forgotten Realms, she's sort of had to um, shelter her power and her control of that weave in individuals. And for a long time, that was in the uh, the Chosen of Mistra, uh, like uh, Salune and, um, or Salune and uh, Elminster and Laryl and so on and so forth. Well, a certain point during that spell plague period, it was Volothamp. Wow, so he actually <laughs> was an embodiment of the weave? Well, uh, Elminster basically says that he didn't necessarily even know. And oh. he, so, like, there's not really any explanation of how he rattled around, uh, you know, the, the world to there, during the 100 years or what happened to him. 
I like to think that he was probably the victim of some imprisonment spell and just <laughs> zapped him. And then somebody at some point it's let like, him out. Oh, okay, I got it. I guess <laughs> I've been holding on to it this whole um, time. And and he just sort of pops back out again. But uh, interesting. Yeah. So does he? So does he know now that he was that integral in what was happening? I imagine that he that he does, yeah. Because he um, knew that he was living a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously at this point that. he's conscious that time has passed, and so, right. yeah. What uh, does does Volothamp uh, map to any uh, character class? Like, is he a well, technically, rogue yeah, or? no, technically he is a wizard. In fact, there's there's stats given for him uh, in uh, there's a series of adventures. Um, they're called the Marco Volo adventures, and there's three of them, and it's like uh, departure, journey, and arrival. And the basic premise of that is that there's some Waterdeep noble uh, who uh, steals a magical artifact or something and um, blames it on Volothamp Getarm. Mm. And so you end up uh, going on a series of adventures, um, but I think it's the third adventure, uh, Arrival, where he's actually statted up as a fifth-level wizard, and, you know, you get to see that he's got 17 charisma or whatever it might be. Right. Um, I'll have to have a cut up. That's super cool. All right, so I, for some reason I always thought of him as a ranger or a, or a, or a rogue or some mix of those, but not not that he was a... He, uh, he doesn't seem like a wizard, right? It doesn't seem like he'd be cast a lot of spells, but, I mean, you know, he, he did do that whole bit of studying about magic and so on, and... Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense that that some the wizards and that Mistro would would uh, uh, you know use him as the, as as a bank. Yes, yeah, sixteen charisma actually. Huh? Supposedly, I, I'm not sure I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Did he create his own character sheet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, so I have to say, all of his stats are are pretty high except for wisdom. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> So how much of the characterization of Volo uh, was from the hand of uh, Ed Greenwood? Like, was it, was it 90% him or was it, was it? I would, I would say the vast majority. I mean, I know that, that, that probably the, the basic premise came from Jess, Jeff Grubb originally. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when Ed wrote all these books here, right, it's, I mean, he literally wrote all of them, right? It's, it's 100% Ed. Uh, and so. Got it. Uh, and then the, the ver- there are various novels where Vol is mentioned or appears. Um, it's often stuff that Ed has written and so on. So it's it's very much Ed's voice coming through Volo. I like that. I like that. It's like this this through line that, that you know, along with yeah. like Mert the Moneylender and yeah. and uh, Elminster and yeah, yeah. That these the, these touch points that kind of are different parts of, I guess Ed's personality, but like kind of the personality of player characters in in a way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, just I mean, the fact that that you know Volo has been named after. Uh, um, uh, the the Volo Bog and the, the town of Volo and stuff like that is. I mean, there's obviously there's a there was a fusion initially there, but mm-hmm. I think Ed then ran with it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, does does Volo ever break the fourth wall? That's an interesting question. Uh, we know that Elminster does. Yes. I don't think Volo does. Okay. No. I don't think Volo is aware of our reality. Got it. All right. Well, whereas Elminster is and yes. is, is knows that he is a, a construct in a way. Mm. Or, I, I think, it, it, in Elminster's reality, we are just another plan, prime material plane. I see. That okay. Can be visited. We, we are another world that, that that of of the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Right? Got it. Okay. So then he wouldn't necessarily be upset that we're we're reading about Volo's accountings of 
his you know pl- prime material plane and and want to correct it. Like it's, yeah, I mean, Elminster's, Elminster's notes in all of these books where he's correcting Volo really are for the benefit of us as readers, right? It's not for the readers of Volo's guides. Like Volo's guides are printed and they're printed. They say what they say yeah. in the in world, and his notes are basically telling us, hey, people of Earth. <laughs> Volo isn't always on the up and up. Nice. You know, so. And I like that then because, all right, then you're like, well, who is the source of these things in our world? And that would be Elminster slash Ed Greenwood. Right, right. <laughs> uh, who's, who's channeling all that stuff. Yeah, I, I love meta stuff like that, so that's why I ask about it because uh, it, it always tickles my little brain as to, you know, when, when are things, you know, real or, or part of the fictionary uh, thing. And I love that Volo is that, you know, skirts that line mm-hmm. very much so. Um, so, uh, if you were playing in the Forgotten Realms and you need a, uh, you know, a novelist or a, uh, a travel guide or, you know, kind of thing, like if the character of Volo is someone that could pretty much show up anywhere. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely, uh, gets all over the place in the realms. I'm, I mean, the, the various places that they have books there for, I mean, he's all over the North and the Sword Coast. Um, he's gotten down South and all the way over to Cormier. And so he's a widely traveled individual. Um, you know, there's there's sort of the, there's the idea that he's um, written other books that haven't been printed, and uh, so he's uh, you know um, a, a figure that can uh, sort of be a guide to lots of different places and mm-hmm. appear in lots of different places. Where would you say his 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 home base is? Is that Waterdeep? Well, uh, I think Volo is somebody that. I don't. I don't think he has a lot to tie him down. So mm. I don't think Volo um, necessarily. Uh, he might own houses, places uh, like Waterdeep and so on. Um, but I imagine that uh, he's pretty happy to to quickly leave these places and move on to other places. I, I, I imagine Volo is somebody who lives in hotels a lot. Basically, <laughs> like, he's basically a tavern. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, he's a serial Yelp reviewer. <laughs> goes to every place. And <laughs> he just keeps on moving along, <laughs> trying the next restaurant, trying the next you know inn and tavern and so on and so forth. Just That's very traveling cool. and traveling and traveling. Yeah, you know. And in world, I imagine you know he's he's basically uh, just sort of grifting his way through all of this by by basically saying, hey, I'm going to review your tavern, and so they bring out their best food and give them their best room and all that kind of stuff, and then yeah. You know, he gets all that stuff for free. And, oh, and by the way, this review won't be published for 15 years <laughs> until I go back to Waterdeep and give this to my publisher right. and all that. That makes sense. Um, what Does he have uh, any ties? Well, you just mentioned he doesn't have ties, but like, does he visit Neverwinter and like all the cities kind of sure, regularly? Sure, sure, yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's been used as a character in the Neverwinter online game as a as a quest giver, but I'm not positive. He's going to be, oh, I believe. He? Yes. Yeah. Uh, voiced by uh, Mr. Chris Perkins, who is not here. Oh, yes. See. Okay. He will be he will be the voice of Volo in uh, Tomb of Annihilation, which comes out uh, 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 July twenty fifth. Cool. Well on PC. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers alert. Yeah. That's what's, that's you know I was like oh I wish Chris were here for this just to to have give some insight maybe even give a, a, a you know the voice away but uh, you know no you'll have to you'll have to uh, log on and check that out. Uh, any other bits on on Volo before we, we close this out? Well, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I was going to look at his stat block and just see if there's anything funny there. Um, he can talk with animals because he has a, a what's called a beast speaker brooch, so he can a brooch, and he can so he can talk to animals. Okay. Yeah. There you go. He doesn't even need to cast speak with animals. He's got it down down pat. 
I don't know why he needs to talk to squirrels, but sometimes, you know. Yeah, that seems a little bit uh, out of character for yeah. him. You yeah. know, he's not necessarily the the the, the wanderer uh, into the woods type, yeah. although he does do that. But yeah, I, that uh, I mean, I don't, uh, and he eats a lot of animals. So, <laughs> hello, Mr. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to eat you. Show me where your chickadees are, and we'll get some eggs. Which part of you is the brisket? <laughs> Awesome. Well, I, I love the character of Olo. It's good to hear some, some of his history, and uh, uh, I look forward to, to seeing more of, of, of him pop up in Forgotten Realms. Yeah, hopefully we will. Sweet. Uh, Matt, how can they ask you uh, some questions about D&D lore? At Cernet, S-E-R-N-E-T-T. That's on the Twitter. Um, and you can reach out to me. I'm at Greg Tito. Uh, and Mr. Chris Perkins, who's not here, is happy to answer lore questions when he can. He's at Chris Perkins D-N-D. <laughs> Um, and if you have any questions about Dungeons & Dragons, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com for more information. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week or one of the following weeks with more lore segments. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wasn't that a great lore segment? Did you guys listen to that in real time? I did. It was yeah. awesome. It was about, uh, let's say, Volo. It was or about Volo. It was Bolo. about the League of Extraordinary <laughs> How could you mess that up? The stalwart gentleman of the world. You totally messed it up I like did. three times, and I'm just listening, and I know that Matt inside is dying a little bit each time you were mixing uh, worlds and groups. Like He's like, no, it's not the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you bastard. But it was, it was analogous. It was part of the... the you know, like I, I it was my formation of what the that group Justice meant. Justice League of Extraordinary Gentlemen at the bar in Waterdeep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. All right. Well, you for those of you who don't, uh, uh, who are not uh, uh, listening to the lore segment in the same chronological order that we are, <laughs> we're blowing up your minds right now. <laughs> uh, but luckily, we By don't the have way, to. He learned that from his daughter. She does that. Blowing up your minds. <laughs> There's lots of waving uh, going at it. Uh, but we are not having to call anyone on Skype, which is fascinating. We don't have to call anyone. But we could. We don't have to start it up. We don't have to, you know, figure out what their contact number information is because you guys are interview segment. Wow. Live, in person. Live and in person. Who do you guys want to get here next time, live and in person? Let's get some more people in. Um, like you guys pe- used to like get anyone? live people in when we weren't filming. Now that we're filming, you barely ever get them in. You do the because Skype. Because people don't want to be live. Really? That's just oh. you, Shelly. Am I projecting? <laughs> You're projecting. <laughs> people don't want to be live. People they don't want to be, be seen. Did you have, when you had Wolfgang on, was he in? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if anybody's local, we'll definitely bring him in, or if they're going to be here for whatever reason, you know, we're going to do it. Okay. But, and but Via I, told me she was coming up to play some D&D with you soon. Yes. We keep trying to find uh, a, a good time to do that. Yeah, she's got some playtesting she wants to do, and she wants to play some Netrunner as well. Hmm. Who? Nice. Yeah. Who? Via par la foi. Uh, yeah. Did I say it right? I think so. Close? Yeah. Good enough for the girls. She's a streamer. She's been on uh, Miss Clicks and a few of their D and D shows. She's running the Miss Clicks, I think, right now. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. got I got some Netrunner. And I think uh, Trump's, Netrunner. I think Trump's going to have her on uh, something he's going to do. <gasps> yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Every time that we're ta- Bart's talking about uh, that at 10 p.m. tonight. He's got a meeting to talk about that. Oh yeah. He wanted to uh, Skype, <laughs> Skype at, at 10 midnight. At, well, at midnight. It's the life of time. a streamer. Oh, it's like, oh, that's the time that we have open. That's the time that we got available to do it, right? So yeah, jumping all right. Not jumping on a stream or a Skype call at ten. Uh, 10 so a.m. Bart has been doing a lot more of the Twitch programming, figuring out where we're going to go on everything that we've been doing. We're watching this live now here, but uh, talking about the future uh, with this, and part of that was Force Grace season two. Yes, uh, that I'll was tell you all- bringing it back. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> pretty smooth. That was pretty smooth. Yes, uh, until now. 
No, that was that was always part of the programming plan. It, it, it was funny. We've had these conversations where in the first quarter of the year, we had a stream, right? We had dice camera action. And now in the second quarter, we have a channel, yeah. uh, which, which is impressive and was a bit daunting. Uh, but uh, Stream of Annihilation really kicked it off. Uh, Greg did a mountain of work to, to put that together. Uh, and we're getting ready to kind of keep going into the next season to find uh, continuing programming, added programming. Uh, we, we love the live streams that we do. What other live streams would we like to add to our channel or host or bring in? And same with the studio shows. We do Dragon Talk, which is phenomenal. But what other studio shows phenomenal. would we like to do? Oh. <laughs> he's not, he's not just saying that either. He means it. <laughs> I do. I do mean that. <laughs> uh, it is, you know, it's, it's the way that a lo- so many gamers and, and uh, players consume entertainment. It's via Twitch. Right. Uh, so it's an important platform for us to... to uh, to, to exploit, to, to, well, to, to explore, <laughs> to, to promote as much as possible, and, right? And it's been a lot of fun. Wait, Q one was one show. Q two is a channel. We had the channel, yeah. Well, by so the by end Q4, of Q four, global domination. I think that's true. That's general, yes. Yeah, okay. global. Maybe let's go North American domination, and then global domination will be Q five. Q five. Q five. Q five. Keep the sun. Uh, so uh, you guys actually. Oh, and by the way, uh, I invited the Girls Got's Glory guys up here on February third, fourth, and fifth because it's all their birthdays at one time. Whoa. So that's a show now. Oh my what? gosh, all right. that's my, my wife's birthday. birthday. Is February first. <gasps> that's Shelly's birthday. Uh, one, two, my three, wife's four, birthday five. is the sixth. The anniversary of when we had Joe come to visit us. That's right. It was on your birthday. That's right. It was on Aaron's birthday birthday. because you totally had to do the shout out. That's right. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So she's going to have to be one of the girls' guts and glories then. I mean, just part of the deal. She's an actress. She totally fit in there. Yeah, she totally would. So we'll do a happy birthday game. A happy birthday game. I like like it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but what I mentioned in the, in the intro is you uh, you guys were both there for the filming of Forest Gray. That all happened before Stream of Annihilation. Yes. Right? Did that go when in the can? We, that? we, shot, we that shot that in March or April. I want to say April. I want to say April. Yeah. Oh. No, May maybe. No. I'm still confused about the I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Time travel. So Bart and I went down. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I uh, ate all the craft foods, craft services, <laughs> and, um, and watched like a fanboy. Uh, and Bart did all the work. <laughs> Nice. Hey, that's how it works. I'm sensing a trend. Life of a director. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sensing a trend. As long as there's food, the people in charge are happy. Hey, the craft services was good. I love craft services. So, you know, I've got Shout out for Jenner on that one, right? So I actually wasn't on the team. I was in a different department when you guys were putting together season one of Force Gray. That's correct. Were you jealous? Were you like, ooh, I'm going to be on that? Team. Of course, of, of course, I was jealous. <laughs> he never said that to you ever. We don't, yeah. we don't talk about. We don't talk about. I don't even know what he. They don't even here. ride in together. It's true. They don't carpool. No, we don't actually even. You don't even like each other. Either. Compartmentalize. You have to compartmentalize. It makes sense. So uh, you got to pay your share of the mortgage today, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dishes. So no, I wasn't Jamal. there for for the concepting of of season one for Gray and how all that came together. Only. Uh, when I joined the team, we knew that, that as, come yeah, as, as part of uh, our continuing programming, we knew we wanted to do a season two of Force Gray. I don't think I can tell the official story on how the concept came that together because we basically had a concept that I can't go into that fell completely apart. And then we basically took the location where it was going to happen yeah. as the only through line and said, all right, well, let's get some really funny, creative people um, to uh, you know, to play D and D live and in front of an audience there, 
Uh, and um, and then we basically uh, called up Matt Mercer and said, hey, are you free to do this? He's like, look, I'm free this day and this day. Hardest working dude you've ever met. Seriously, like cons every weekend, voiceover stuff, critical role. And so we're like, I'm free this day and this day. So then we said, crap. <laughs> and we got all the people in there and started playing D&D. And you saw season two, which like right out of the gate started really smooth. Mm. We were right in there right away. No starts and stops and all that. Yeah. Season one was like a lot more of the stuff didn't even make it into the final thing because there was just like, you know, either mic problems or planes flying over. We didn't have the <laughs> soundproofing. People are going, wait, what am I? Wait, we're on now? We're like uh, lots of stuff. And then season two was just totally gelled. Like everyone was just on, even the newcomers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. The first, I, I mean, it's a D&D game. So with any D&D game, it takes a little bit of time just to get comfortable around the table. And so when you're on camera, I'm sure there's a little bit of, the, of that as well. But uh, <laughs> but having the, some of the cast from season one be there uh, uh, to kind of be the through line. So we had Brian Pesane, uh as well as Dylan Sprouse, who was there for the Lost episode. Yeah, He's Dylan came there. in, remember, is the, so Dylan and then Emily Gordon. Yeah. If you guys don't know Emily, Emily Gordon, Gordon. she's the writer for The Big Sick and Married to Kamal. Um, but they were there for the Lost episode that was live. Um, I didn't know that. But these folks that we're working with, like, they are working so much. You are like, hey, do you want to do this thing? Like, of course. Oh crap! I'm in Bulgaria for three months during that time. I can't be there. Yeah. Um, so some of the kind of changing of the um, cast is a little bit necessity on mm-hmm. there. Um, so because thank so goodness busy. Brian and Utkarsh were able to make it. Although even getting them scheduled, Utkarsh like had to do it on the days we did because he was up to Vancouver filming something. Like the next day, like he left. Like when we got done, he went home and packed and got on a plane. No way. Was that the season two filming or season yeah, one? Yeah, season, season two. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. So getting the cast there together, like is. You're working with fun, talented people. It's challenging because they're they're working. But the the planets and the moons need to align so that they all we can find a time where we can film that stuff. Yeah, and that's a big reason why we do the the kind of canned taped episode for them instead of the weekly streaming kind of idea uh, that we do with a lot of other stuff. Yeah, weekly streaming would kill us. Yeah, but no, I, I totally agree. The chemistry around the table was great. They kicked it up right away, yeah. and it was just it was really smooth. It was a great fun game, and you know, kudos of course to to Matt Mercer. He's able to 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 juggle the new uh, players the existing players Such a storyteller like yeah. i saw the whole i saw the whole uh living room mm-hmm. uh, just leaning in listening to his words like all of a sudden they were like oh wait i'm supposed to be performing too <laughs> right but he was just weaving stories and you're just like yes matt mercer <laughs> well it's a good format uh the dungeon master matt does a great job of just making sure everyone has a a, a chance to shine uh, i mean obviously that's the nature of the game you're going to take your turn around the table uh, but but there wasn't a, a, a dominant voice. Everyone was was sort of equitable uh, as far as their participation. It was just great. It was great to see. And you that. had fun little moments too. I mean, some of the people we sat next to each other um, because we kind of knew this going in. But like Utkarsh and Joe Manganello had been playing a mm-hmm. bit before that coming in, just to kind of um, because Utkarsh is the newest player at that table, just to get him a little bit more up to speed so he could kind of play his uh, his um, class a little bit more. I don't know, just like some of the nuances of a rogue. Um, and so they were sitting next to each other, and so you'd see them, like, playing yeah. off each other in between the, yeah. you know, like, it wasn't even their turn, and they were, like, making plans for, like, next turn and, you know, talking. And so that was pretty cool to see that kind of chemistry. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It's, it's always fun to have that buddy next to you where you're able to just crack wise with each other. And then it comes across for the camera. It comes across for everyone watching it as well. Speaking of buddies next to each other, though, the uh, uh, it's, maybe, maybe you could tell a story about at the uh, fourth grade, the Lost 
episode in which we already mentioned was in December of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a buddy sitting next to you for a lot of that show. <laughs> That's how we got Joe Manganiello into the game. I got introduced to him at the Lost Game. Uh, my friend at Warner Brothers said, "Oh, hey, this guy's a big D and D fan. Can I come to this?" I'm like, "Of course, yeah, come to the show." So he watched that one and like signed up spot on. He's like, "I want to be in the next season." I'm like, "Oh, no, we're shooting." Yet. And he's like, "Well." Sign me up. Unless I'm busy, I'm there. So, like, yeah, he watched that, and we actually met there uh, and have become pretty good friends and talk a lot of D&D and geek stuff in general. But, like, he, he was like, I'm in fourth grade season two. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so now we will build building it around you. Um, no, but it worked out awesome. And then also he's how we got Deborah Ann Wall in there. That's right. Because she did that interview on Hollywood Reporter and was saying, like, she plays a ton of D&D. Like, she plays a ton but she did this interview with Seth uh, at the Hollywood Reporter saying she like hadn't done any live cast, live uh, streams or, or podcasts or anything yet because I think she was kind of like keeping it, I don't know, kind of separated from her work life, kind of more like her personal retreat or whatnot. And so when Joe called her and said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to do it? She was kind of trepidatious and kind of excited. And then after she's like, I got to do more. I got it. Like I think her and Matt were like coordinating for wow, critical really? role stuff, and oh, she's nice. all in on the, you know, any other live stuff we're doing. Is again, she works on a ton of Netflix shows, so yeah. If if she's available, but uh, but I think she was a little nervous, and and then playing after playing, she had so much fun. Nice. I can't we wait to talk know to her. Each other? Oh. Well, Joe and her so, met on um, <laughs> True Blood. Well, yeah, they knew each other, but did like. Um, all the new people that were coming. Did Dylan know I don't Matt know how, Mercer before they started playing together? And I don't know how Dylan? I don't know how Utkarsh knew Joe, but they knew each other a little bit. Um, and I think then, they met at they met at uh, uh, the Lost episode. That's oh, they, they just met. started playing. Oh, yeah, okay. I saw them. I saw them be like, oh hey, oh hey. D and D. a little like little like bro thing. I think I think that's when they met each other. Utkarsh also a collector of classic GI Joe action figures. Oh that's way, really? he's my guy. Yeah, which ones does he have? Uh, all a lot of them. All yeah, of them. yeah. That's yeah. One of his on his things. YouTube videos, you see a hint of it. He does a lot of uh, music <laughs> stuff on his uh, YouTube videos, and I've seen uh, at his apartment. He's got a ton of yeah. GI Joes. Does he also <laughs> say it's for his kid? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Just yeah. checking. Yeah. I stand by that claim. What? His kid being the small child inside of him. <laughs> He's al- Quinn Wait. is allowed to look Total at those action figures. Totally, yeah, <laughs> totally Quato. <laughs> it's for his Quato. <laughs> <laughs> cute. It that was is cute. Yeah, no, I, I and uh, obviously I hadn't met Deborah Ann Wall before, but I remember giving her her character sheet, and within two minutes she had like picked out one little mechanic that had been misapplied uh, in some way. I'm like, oh, she, there were a couple, <laughs> she, there were a couple errors on her character sheet, and she immediately like. But she did it like this really nice way where she was like, oh, maybe there's some rule that I don't know. Maybe you guys have some unearthed arcana that's changed. Like she was trying to be totally polite saying, you guys messed up. I know. I was just laughing like how fast she had picked up like, wow, oh, really? she knows yeah. she knows this character, these mechanics well. Yeah. There were times, <laughs> there were times where in the morning uh, on the uh, – I guess it was just – we only shot for two days. On the second day on the morning before the thing – they all started a talking strategy for how they were going to approach the day, and b they started going in like this like rabbit hole of mechanics and like oh yeah nice. and then this and then but this but this, this and like we're not even rolling like these guys this is their fun like they're just right now being normal D and D players and we've talked we talked earlier about Dylan Sprouse how he plays the druid just fl- like flawlessly he, he knows animals he wants to turn into and why. And how it's going to add to the game, how it's going to add to the story. I'm going to give a spoiler now. I'm not going to spoil much. I'm just going to say two words. 
Mole Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh. Mole Ninja? Oh. That's all I'm saying. Those, we, just, we just finished editing those episodes. <laughs> he did it so... He was awesome. Like, awesome druid. Like, yeah. I think some people are going to watch this and go, I now know what I'm taking into next week's <laughs> game. If they play a druid, they're going to get inspired. All right. That's pretty sweet. I might want to You don't play, play a druid. Although I they're magic users. I don't, I don't know why I don't. Druids are they great. Animals. Yeah. You like dogs. They cast spells. They could turn into animals. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Next character. What are some other uh, uh, fun things that happened on the set when they were, uh, 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 you know, figuring stuff out? Well, when they first did the first of all, we didn't do the introductions till like midway. Just like your kind of stuff, where, like we filmed some stuff out of order because we wanted to kind of get things loosened up. So, um, so Mercer kind of threw them right in. Yeah. And I think that Utkarsh slash Hitch. Almost got the party, like, killed and, like, rolling for initiative, like, when he was doing the intro. Like, all of a sudden, Utkarsh is, like, you know, trying to rob this guy or steal that or put a dagger through it. You're like, Utkarsh, no, we're just introducing characters. (laughs) They're they're at the tavern in Waterdeep gambling. And so it's like, all right, let's just see how it goes. Yeah, he starts trying to rob the NPC. They hadn't even heard about, like, the Soulmonger or the Death Curse. no plot. None. Zero. And he's just like, no, no, he's got 20 of my gold. Like, I'm going to go after and. Cut that guy. And then right. Brian Fussain goes, or you could just try and pickpocket him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Ukarsh is like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll try. No, no, dagger. I think that's in episode one and two. In episode one, he tries to rob the guy at the gambling table. In episode yeah. two, they're gearing up to go on the quest. <laughs> he tries to rob the storekeeper and oh also God. almost gets them killed. So. Yeah, What's he's, his character? He's a rogue. He's, oh. yep. he's, he's a rogue, and I think he's chaotic. Good, but I'm really thinking he's playing chaotic neutral. <laughs> Makes sense. Or chaotic yeah. evil. Um, and then the other funny one is um, Joe Manganello had been on uh, with Matt Mercer for their like celebrity D and D thing just like a couple of weeks before, and he totally tricked Matt Mercer into giving him a manicure. <laughs> so he this manicure is supposed to be like the boss in the level, and he somehow uses artifact and like got attuned with it, and then, like, took control over the manicure. And so two things about that. Number one, he asked, like, he brought his mini to the thing of the manicure, and he kept asking, he's like, <laughs> are you sure I can't bring my manicure? And so I told Matt Mercer, I'm like, don't let him bring that goddamn manicure in. <laughs> and he called me out, like, in the middle of the show, he's like, and Nathan won't let me play with the manicure because he's too jealous. <laughs> Chango? Chang- Chango. Chango. Chango, yeah. Yes, the manticore, yeah. which he brought to the Stream of Annihilation. He loves Aww, the manticore. He was like, oh, cool. I can't play with it. He finally, and it helped because he was flying, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And Matt, <clears throat> Matt at Stream of Annihilation is like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the manticore. We thought I was a one-shot. We didn't think it was going to be part of the character That's that you would bring to everything going forward. But I mean, as a player, if you get a manacore, you're not going to want, you know, to not use him. You're going to exactly. want your manacore. But quick thing, manacores are CR level three. And so he can basically use this uh, magic item for CR level three and below. So like the whole Force Gray season two, he just keeps asking Matt in different ways or trying to get <laughs> Dylan to like <laughs> speak with animals and determine their CR ratings. <laughs> 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 So <laughs> what possible CR level would it be? So that was a question I had about Joe in particular. You had set up a game with him outside of filming in advance, correct? Right, to run him through sort of the Tomb of Annihilation campaign? No, he was up here. He came and stopped by when he did the podcast with the them. Six. Mm-hmm. And he was up here, and Perkins ran him through a playtest of 
Tomb of Annihilation. During right. our snowstorm. Oh. During our snowstorm, right. yeah. You, and in fact, if you go back to listen to that Dragon Talk episode, there's a beep when he oh. says what, you're, what he was playing. He oh. was playing Tomb of Annihilation, playing Tomb of Annihilation. The, oh. meat, the meat grinder mode. Because he had, it came out in this season, his knowledge of the adventure somewhat. Uh, and it, it was kind of a funny way. He, they would Which go, one was it? Well, they would go through the jungle, and he would hear, like, birds in the distance. He'd go, oh, oh. We, we, got, we have to stay away from these birds. Or there were vines that might animate. Vines, monkeys, birds. So it was just funny. He, his, it, was, it was a weird D&Dism where it's uh, player knowledge coming through your character in a way, but it added to the game. It was, he was giving sort of these rumors and legends of Schultz. And he's a good enough expert where, like, you know, it doesn't, didn't come across as metagaming or, like, trying to do that. It was just being like, here, and, let me... And Matt pulled it into the story a little bit. Like, the idea was, like, when he got added uh, and, uh, at Blackstaff Tower, you know, he was specifically brought into Forest Gray on this mission because he had previous experience mm-hmm. with Schultz. So yeah, there was a visions little... Visions of what it was like. Well, no, he'd been there and seen some stuff. Oh, he, he didn't go there. that deep, right? So, okay. like, he had, yeah. like, one angle of it, but, like, he by no means had seen everything. I mean, it's a huge adventure. But it was, it was great to have that character give those bits and details as opposed to all of it coming from the Dungeon Master. Oh, yeah. when, when a player is telling you, oh, no, we have to watch out for this, it was just fun. It added a new little element to, to the game. So what would you guys think if people are new uh, into Force Gray? Uh, will it be hard for them to get into Season 2? Could they start no. right with Season 2? Like, what, what, what do you guys think? Well, I don't know why you would start with Season 2 because we have Season 1 on demand and you can just watch it. And they're in, like, 30-minute <laughs> chunks, so right. it's really easy to get in there. But the people at the table are so funny. The chemistry is so good and the entertainment that, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you like fun and... You know, shenanigans and what I mean, yeah, there's you could pop in anyone and they're entertaining. If you want the story through line and stuff, obviously watch them all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you watch any one of them, and I think you're going to get like a taste of why D&D is fun. Because the thing that I remember about watching these guys is that they're all like really talented actors. And, and, I, and I realized this one, like I never look at the camera during this. <laughs> and like the whole time, each one of them <laughs> knew which one was on and would deliver their lines in the right spot seamlessly. Like they didn't even, you know, just like, oh, they're talking and then they... I'm like, ooh, weird. There's a red light. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> when it would change cameras, like how seamlessly they would do it. Like I would be like, oh, the red light's over there now. Right. And she, like they were just like so spot on. You would make a terrible cat. I, w- a I terrible would. Terrible cat. <laughs> you cat. can't follow the red light. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so they were all. Doesn't like cat They're man. all such professionals. <laughs> but when I was watching them play, I'm like, that's like my group. They're playing just like my group of D and D. Like you're watching, they're going, wow, I could be playing in Joe Manganiello's game. I could be playing with Brian Pasane, who, by the way. He is really leaning into his bard this time. Like, <laughs> is he? We got few, some songs. Just, I was just going to say a few songs. I think of rap. Uh, in one of the, yeah. No. Yeah. He really raps? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to be hilarious. Oh. Kali- Calliope does it. Yeah, a couple of uh, verse. And speaking of uh, Forest Gray Season 1, why you should go back and watch, is yeah. one of the most epic bard moments ever. Brian Posehn with the Displacer Beast mm. in, like, Episode 5 or 6. La- yeah. So you got to watch it just for that. So, yeah, the seasons are a bit episodic. The, the party members do mix, but it is, yeah, the continuity through the seasons. Uh, season one, we did seven episodes. Mm-hmm. They're about half an hour Plus each. the last episode. I mean, lost episode. <laughs> the lo- last, yeah, lost. the lost episode. Uh, Which is four hours. Four hours. We'll be uh, actually replaying them tonight on the Twitch channel, episodes five through seven and the lost episode. Uh, season two, I don't know. We've announced how many episodes we have in the can, but it is more. 400. Than, 
400 episodes. 400 episodes. It's between, we filmed it in two days. Between seven <laughs> and 400 episodes. So, yeah, we filmed for two days. And we're doing them weekly, 52 weeks. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We got yeah. eight years of content. content. <laughs> it's a long season, too, is what I'm saying. Not quite that many, but we do have more than seven episodes this, uh, this season. Uh, yeah, well, that's pretty exciting because the, it just went so seamless. Though I mean, like when we're shooting, um, a lot less starts and stops than we did in season one, uh, which we saw the feedback on on people watching going, "Oh, it feels a little choppy" because we had to edit some stuff out, sound things or different things that just didn't make for a good production. Yeah, um, so it just it flowed smoother, and so you just got like this like nice natural story. We filmed it in a different location, right? We did. Where, where, can you t- can you divulge where that location was? It was just a sound studio uh, down in uh, L.A. It was actually called Broadcast West. Right. It was outside of Culver City. Oh, okay. On the edge yeah. of Culver City. So and a little bit more of a professional, you know, mm-hmm. setup so that the, yeah, the really, sound issue wasn't a problem. And really helped with the cameras. Yeah. And if you see, if, as, you, as you look at the set design, all of the elements from the set came from my desk. Yeah. So <laughs> each one. Well, and it's great because they build like a little <laughs> living room inside, like basically a garage, right? I mean, it's like a big giant warehouse kind of garage, and then they just build the living room in there. And you're looking, going, "That's a nice room." And then you look to the side, and you're like, "That's a faux wall." Right. So we needed props. I lived there. So I just boxed up my workstation. The only thing <laughs> is, yeah. Was that weird for you? To have mm-hmm. an empty workstation. Like Quinn's artwork on your everything. Yeah, and I saw no GI Joes. Our wedding picture. <laughs> also, <laughs> also wait, there was one other problem. Especially this picture should... from the wedding night. <laughs> Whoa, how did that end up on there? <laughs> wait, PG thirteen. Frosting. Is that champagne? <laughs> Our wedding cake was a dragon cake. We were, is that true? See, that, yeah, makes true. that yeah. would have been perfect. Well, it's a dragon coming out of the cake. It was really well done. Even my mom was like, that's Flying out of the cake. And I heard right. your officiant was awesome. Her what? Your officiant? Our officiant yeah, was Marty was. Durham, also works here at Wizards Marty. of the Coast. He was the cleric in our D&D game. <laughs> so it just made sense that, that he would marry sense. us. Yeah. By um, the power of Pelor, I, I, yeah, I think, I I think he said that. I think he said that. By the power of the internet website. No, he said it because my dad was like, Who's marrying you? <laughs> he's not actually a priest. What? No. No, he's a cleric. He's Big a cleric, difference. Dad. <laughs> and Marty said, by the power invested in me by Universal Life Church, and he looked right at my dad, and he goes, dot com. Dot <laughs> 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 com. Fortunately, my dad was already three sheets by that point. Like, dot com. Oh, I don't know. What it, I don't know what it says, <laughs> but they have since torn down the entire wedding venue. Uh, so. Cannot you guys closed it out. Be. You were like, cannot, all right, we're done. Thank you. Yeah, good night. Good night. This is the best night ever. So there was a prop on set, though, that did not come from your desk. Do you, do you there know were, what I'm thinking yes, of? there were a few. There, there was a, well, head, a head of some the, kind? The goldfish bowl was one that we had uh, brought in special. Easter egg. And, who, Easter egg. and who's in the goldfish bowl? Uh, does the goldfish have a name? No, we named him on set. Really? Yeah. Weeble. Huh? Weeble. Nope. Mm. Maku. Murray. <laughs> Murray? The goldfish oh. in the set was Murray. Oh, that's a good The cast all named him, and I think John Castle ended up taking him home. I was gonna ju- I was just gonna <gasps> ask what happened it, to the really? goldfish. <laughs> I think John Castle took him. Oh. Wait a minute. There was another pet at the wasn't there something else at the stream of annihilation? At the stream of annihilation, and we cra- also had the goldfish bowl. To- oh, okay. the, 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 the the man in charge of craft services. He took him home? He was oh, he, he was ecstatic that. to oh, take the goldfish that's home. So yeah. he was what was his name? Uh, uh, not Trey. It was Trey because he's uh, a chef. Lucas or something like that. The goldfish or the craft services. Jelly roll. The goldfish. Because <laughs> <laughs> craft services. That was a joke. We could never remember yeah, his well, name. I know. I know. But it's not Trey. It was You're the, talking about the mustache. Mustache, the mustache guy. Mustache guy. 
Yeah. That's yeah. what everybody. That's that is what everybody calls him. Gold, we could call him man bun guy, but let's call him <laughs> Goldfish. Was, was not. It was a glorious guy. mustache. It was a great mustache. It was like yeah. wax. With it was like, like dastardly Doolittle. It was. You know who yeah. would like that mustache? Ben. Jopa. Oh, I miss Jopa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Ray on Force Gray season one. There's a mustache joke oh. in there, and he was awesome in there. And I'd like to get him back on, but he's busy shooting a bunch he's of stuff up. too. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a uh, um, the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, yep. uh, as well as his own like the Hidden America. Stuff. The Hidden America show. He did two seasons of that. Yeah. Probably doing more. Yeah. No, he's great. So. I also love to get Emily Gordon back. Oh, I know, but I again, want, she's I blown up. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. She was awesome, but she was even when she came in for the uh, Lost episode, she's like, "All right, got to go to another event." Like, she played Dungeons & Dragons for four hours, and then it was, like, 11 p.m. On, in L.A., and she's like, all right, got to go to another event. Well, she like, was on the short list for she, season one. Yeah. And Kamel, and the reason we couldn't do it is because of the dates didn't align because they were off filming some movie with Judd Apatow, oh, and now, now we, we know. know what it is. It's, like, yeah. the best movie I've, ever. I've heard nothing but good things. About I know, me. yeah, yeah. My wife and I are just, like, next date night, that's, you know, that's where we're going. We're all in. Yeah. Well, we're all Dunkirk. in on your date night. <laughs> we're all going along with you. Yay! <laughs> and we're bringing Murray the goldfish. Oh, and, Murray. and Trey and Mustache Man. And Mustache Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Davis. Pelham. Who's Davis? That was Mustache oh, Man. It was named Davis. Pelham, shout out to Pelham Green. Who Pelham's in, out there? Yeah, he's right in the camera. He's he does. Out there? He, he works our chat he's while we go in, through. Uh, oh, Hi, Pelham. what's up, dude? He well, is D and D. That's why he was them. voting me in the. Uh, we did the the online vote, and he went on the Twitter and or the Twitch and voted yes. Yeah. Oh, that was sweet. Yeah, for you. Good move, yeah. Pelham. Good move. <laughs> Good move. Good power move. move. Yeah. yeah, I blame Pelham. No, that's no. not sticking. <laughs> not sticking. <laughs> Packing the votes. I know. Uh, all right, so any any more uh, things on Force Gray uh, we should talk about? Uh, wh- wh- we didn't even give like what it actually is, uh, as far as uh, a packaging of what the uh, uh, like what the group is well, and what, get, they're, what they're doing. So. so the lead-in from your lore, you should know or whatever. Yeah. Right? you guys were talking about uh, one of the adventuring groups in there, and you kind of hinted that <clears throat> you kind of hinted that Force Gray was like this elite fighting group or, you know, mercenaries out of Waterdeep, um, which I laughed that you didn't, um, I laughed that you didn't get uh, Matt just choking down on that because I think he's a little bit like, you guys are taking some liberties with Force Gray because we've kind of got these new people coming in. Yeah. Uh, so he gets a little like, no, no, it's supposed to be very elite. Right, because the Force Gray team in Waterdeep Answers to Blackstaff, and they're like 18th level. Like they're supposed to be like the super duper ones. And so we've these taken, guys are the smaller like B crew. That's so coming. we've taken some liberties with it, but basically the idea is that there's this group that uh, yeah, the uh, Vajra, the Black Hand uh, out of Waterdeep, kind of um, uses as a you know an elite fighting group, right? Like you guys were talking about your League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and <laughs> you guys were talking about the Purple Dragon, which is the army, and then Purple Dragon Knights, which is like basically the spec ops of that army yeah. kind of thing. So yeah, so Force Gray is like this uh, you know elite mercenary group uh, that Blackstaff um, kind of calls on for this. And so obviously, you know, people not being able to be resurrected or, you know, uh, resurrection magic or healing magic not working properly in the Death Curse, which is the overall driving kind of force behind Tomb of Annihilation, has a pretty impactful uh, um, or pretty uh, felt impact on uh, on anybody high up in Noble. I'm sure that you're just like, oh, I died, resurrect me. You know, I mean, that's just like common if you're a mass Lord of Waterdeep or an open Lord of Waterdeep even. And so they basically bring Force Gray in to go find out, you know, what the this origin of the Soulmonger is in Chult. And so they all get together, and then the, the Force Gray members, when they get to Chult, they run into Debran Wall's character, Jamala, 
who is a, uh, she was originally from the mainland, but then was orphaned over in Schultz, so she grew up on Schultz, so she knows the island really well. So they go in and they have to find the curse, or find the source of the death curse. And I don't even think they're supposed to stop it. I think they're just, like, supposed to come back and, like, you know, tell them so they can get the big strike force in. Yeah. Right, yeah. But they don't listen to orders very well. <laughs> there is that, Yeah. All right, so then they're they're basically in Chult exploring, like from episode one. Is that what happens? Uh, epi- yes, episode one. <coughs> they're in Waterdeep, and they quickly move into uh, Port Nianzaru uh, as part of the Tomb of Annihilation storyline. It's it's pretty useful to have a guide with you, and yes, that's where Jamila comes in as as one of the guides. So she uh, sockets into the group nicely uh, in that capacity, and then they start exploring the jungles. Uh, one of my favorite. Incidents, and this is from Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, I think Adam Lee on the story team was writing the Grung, and uh, Dun Grung Long is sort of <laughs> the, the Grung encampment that's somewhere in the jungles of Chult. Yeah, and I think it's about episode nine that the party gets gets to the Grung, and that's one of my favorite uh, incidents. Nice. There is no question that that is where some like serious role play is going on, and so you're like. You're listening and you're watching and you're seeing them all work together as a group and like talk back and forth and like not much dice rolling in the beginning there like a lot of wolf I do this do this and like so they're totally coordinating the effort and you're just like I'm all in like it was we were just at that point just laughing and not working at all right. that's super cool <laughs> well, that was part of the fun it was once it was set up the setup you know it takes a while in the organization but once it's rolling you're rolling there's not much for us to do except sit in chairs out of sight nice. and just laugh at the, the game around the table on the side. Well, a lot more like at that point, you're kind of just taking notes for when you do the edit and do the right. stuff. You're kind of like, oh, that was really funny. We've got to make sure we capture that. <laughs> or, yeah, Mole Ninja. Yeah. Mole Ninja. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm excited. Okay. It's going to uh, premiere on July 31st. We're going to do two episodes uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific time here on this uh, Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash dnd. Uh, and we got some other fun stuff, including Deborah Ann Wall stopping by. Me and Shelly are going to talk to her Did you know uh, that? tomorrow. Did you not know that? At 2 p.m. Pacific special time. Special Dragon Talk. Dragon um, talk. Yeah. It, and if, like if you're listening to this. It, what's that? Like a live one? It's going to be a live one. Oh, yeah. You ready? You didn't have a meeting. No. Uh, I, I am ready, but. <laughs> you didn't have I a meeting. I like get like the, in the headspace on Mondays. Like I have to like really think about what I'm going to wear. I have I to think about like combing my hair after I go to the gym. And now I have to do that on Tuesdays. You have to do it on Tuesdays, too. It's hard. It's the worst. I've got a recommendation for you. (laughs) Paper bag. Shave Shave the head. Oh, that might work. I haven't combed my hair in years. Nice. Uh, so the listeners That's will be able to, be yeah, exciting, stay tuned for that episode coming up soon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll jump right into a weekly schedule of, uh, watching mm-hmm. Force Grace season two, uh, in that time slot. So going here's forward. your question to ask her. What's that? When she was filming Force Grey season two with us, mm-hmm. ask her how many days straight and how many hours, like within a week period, she had played D&D that week. I will. Like, Mind blowing. It's going to be 400. Yes. 400 is the magic Plus, number. It is. The other D&D she was playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I say that because Fiona asked me how old I was uh, this weekend, and she, I just said 400. She's like, uh, no. No. You're not <laughs> You're 400. Older You're not an elf or a dwarf. You can't live that long. <laughs> oh, I wish she says that soon. I'm pretty soon. It's like, oh, you're not immortal like those characters. Aww. But I am. I've been here for 400 years. Except for if the death curse is on then. I know. And it hurts every time the... Uh, Bone spurs come out of my fists. Uh, no, you can't say that. You're gonna get fined. You I know. That's like totally someone else's IP. Shit. Making it all Wait. wrong. 
Can you edit out the Sophia the First again? (laughs) Son of a... Disney, we're sorry. She was the first queen of Cormier. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Sophia Coppola. Um, So we are going to wrap this up right about now. Um, If you want to get in touch with either of these uh, fine gentlemen uh, to ask them more fun questions uh, as the episodes go on, uh, where can they get in touch with you? I'm at Twitter, Bart underscore Carol, two R's, two L's. And uh, oh, we didn't even get to like talk about Dragon Plus and, and the you, website you and all have that a fun blog stuff. Too now. <laughs> yes, I'll put it all on, uh, Lonely on my Twitter. Lonely Parent feed. Island. What is it? I, I had to Mysteries recreate that. You did. Lonely so Island. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When okay. they went off on maternity paternity leave, awesome blog. It's <laughs> oh, good stuff. I'm glad you had time. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to remember there was some mommy blog uh, uh, things happening as well. The sound of my tears hitting a keyboard. I, plunk, plunk, plunk. I carved out it was some like, time. It was as, like eyes wide shut. <laughs> as, as I think we would agree, the parenthood much harder for the father. And on a, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. Somehow, yeah. I, I agree with that. To make it much time. harder for the father. <laughs> that is true, actually. That is true of most uh, <laughs> of the situations. Nathan, where can people uh, take your Twitter polls? Uh, Nathan B. Stewart is my Twitter, although I think I'm now going to change it to Nathan B. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So I don't know how to do that. So uh, Pelham, since you're watching, help me <laughs> with the Nathan. He told me how to pin something the other day. Na- Nathan, Wait, even you, I, it yeah. says right there, like, pin this tweet. Nathan. Nathan B. Spoiling. Look, it should I be with the apostrophe. Totally. Yeah, it has to do that. <clears throat> awesome. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, stopping by to, to regale us that with fun, fun stories. That I can't wait for more. I totally feel like we rocked it. We did. You guys rocked it. Yeah. yeah, you should feel good about yourselves. <laughs> Quit trying to take our jobs. Uh, Shelly, where can they find out about... Uh, uh, <laughs> you, especially, <laughs> over there. <laughs> how to uh, uh, have a meeting and betray at House Wait, on the Hill. Wait, who's going to be on the podcast next know, week when you you're in New York? Bart and I are both gone next Monday? Yeah, it'll be Nathan. <gasps> oh. Yes, back by popular demand. <laughs> Your we, name is We will be watching demand. from Binghamton We will. We'll Speedy be Fest. in the chat. We'll be, be talking to Dylan time. Sprouse next next week. Too. Oh, about his awesome druidness! Exactly. Yes, and he will be in the chat for when the premiere of uh, season two happens next week. Oh, very cool! So you can ask him some questions then. Well, I'm um, going to ask him how he felt about Brian Posehn stealing his D20. You <laughs> didn't even get to that story. All right, I'll have to ask him oh, about that. How do you, you yeah. save it? Save, save it, it for next week. Uh, where can we find out about you? At Shelly Moo on Twitter. And you work on another game company. What's that called? At Avalon Hill 2, the number 2. Who's got Avalon Hill 1? Some cool people. I can't remember. There was a reason. There was like some rhyme or reason. Okay. I think Greg was squatting on it. It was, yeah. 500 bucks. That's it. That's all I need. That was the joke of the Twitter channel, man. 400. My final offer. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I am at Greg Tito. Please bug me there about anything. Uh, and if you want to find out about Dungeons & Dragons, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Wizards underscore DND. Please watch us uh, do all these crazy things live on Twitch.tv slash DND. What? What if they have an iPhone or an Android? What about it? Can they download the app? What app? Jesus Christ. Dragon Plus. Dragon Plus. Yeah, yeah well. do it. I have yes. Dragon Plus. Okay. Just, Pimp it out. I, feel like I didn't know you were going to say that. Well, it was, yes, it was mentioning uh, DungeonsandDragons.com. You can also subscribe to Dragon Plus at DragonMag.com, or you can download it for iOS or Android. I have it. Yeah. Issue 14 is out right now, yes. and there's an awesome adventure there by Curtis Weeb, mm-hmm. uh, the writer of the Rat Queens comic book. Um, and, and I keep forgetting to mention, uh, Rudy Rutenberg also has a great materi- uh, piece of material in there for the Tomb of Horrors. Yes, I love that. What he did. Yeah. 
That is so cool. So check that out. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, new stuff every every that's two months. Funny. We got another one coming out in August, right? End of August. Well, that's gonna be a, a good one. I happen to know. <laughs> <laughs> What's in it? I can't. Like, you can help. say, yeah. There's what, might be a, some board game focus. Some board game preview. Whoa. Some board game focus. August, October sixth. No. Oh, August. Yeah. August. October 6th, though, is August when the actual the, board game yes, is coming out. October 6th. Oh, no. Have Shelly has copies at her desk right now. <gasps> I know. Nathan. We've been playing it inside the office. Stop at it. At lunch meetings. Oh, wait. No, never mind. Uh, <laughs> bye, you guys. we got to go before we get in trouble. We love you. Bye.